0: Left corner to Akinla. Uh, Akinla the uh, left circle. Hasidy the uh, shot, save, made by Oliver Gendle. Three another shot. They score! The Flames
1: win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts.
2: Flames talk starts now on sportsnet 960
0: the fan here's pat steinberg and wes gilbertson all right we are underway this hour happy wednesday it is may 17th we've got a co-host on this wednesday wes is with us uh what's going on buddy welcome to the week
2: i i'm pretty certain i was here last wednesday too so i'm not sure what you're insinuating
0: right now i'm just the last the 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 first two days of this week been no, just No co host me I'm lonesome, so it's uh nice to look at somebody when I hey, speak for I'm the next here, hour in a bit.
2: Bounce whatever topics you'd oh. like off me. They- Got you.
0: Uh welcome to the Sports Drive on this Wednesday brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe make patio setup easier for your staff with a key to like system just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Uh Steinberg and West coming at you from our Doug lacy's Basement Systems downtown studio and you know Flames Talk live on Sportsnet 960 the fan every afternoon and wherever you get your podcasts Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon and more. Let's go inside hockey to kick off this hour for Calgary Co-op. Callan Gary's is the only family of products curated for the tastes of calgarians and you'll only find them at calgary co op so as the calgary wranglers get set for game four on wednesday night and their season on the line for the first time they trail coachella valley can i interrupt you already yes did you watch all all 111 22 on monday night Good for you, buddy. Now, some of it, I will admit, some of it, because he can do the picture in picture, some of it popped into the right corner, and I was doing some work and uh, having some um, having some wings and such. Okay. Um, but uh, no, it was on the computer, and I had an ear on and eye on the entire game, and then all two and a half overtime periods, definitely, most of the third period uh, was intently being watched, but yeah, I watched the whole thing, and fun game. Too bad it went the way it did, but it was a fun game,
2: yeah, that's a heartbreaker isn't it and And I'll be really curious and now I'll stop interrupting you, but I'll be curious to see how they how they respond tonight, obviously it is a a legit must win for the first time yeah
0: well and and want to talk about their head coach, who I actually would give the guy a lot of credit. Mitch came on with us as normal on tuesday uh was was as open and The the same Mitch Love on Tuesday, even looking at his season being on the line the next day as he always is. But want to talk about him. Want to talk a little about potential internal candidates to replace Daryl Sutter as head coach. I mean, Feels like the Flames are very close or or closing in on a general manager. And I think that we'll have that uh, before the end of the month. At the very latest, we'll have uh, a general manager announcement, which means the conversation is going to turn to head coach very quickly because that'll be the first hire the new GM has to make. And let's start with Mitch Love. You wrote about him for Tuesday's post-media papers and online. Kind of dig it into what he's all about and, well, you, you probably put a good couple, two, three weeks into putting that one together, just talking to different people and, and getting a gauge on Mitch Love, the guy, and, and Mitch Love, the coach.
2: Yeah, it's been one that I, I've been working on, actually, since before Daryl Sutter was dismissed, and when I say working you know, on I'm probably just bouncing around in, in my head, asking a couple of the Wranglers to to sort of shed a little bit of light on on what sort of coach Mitch is, because he's been considered a rising star in that business. And that was even before he won back to back AHL coach of the year awards. And then I think when the flames made the decision to move on from Daryl Sutter, suddenly that was something for me as, as a reporter that bumped up my to-do list substantially is just a feature on Mitch love. There's been so much buzz about him and yet, You know, I kind of laugh sometimes, uh, you know, I'm playing golf with a buddy and he'll say, oh, well, I think Mitch Love should be the next head coach of the Flames. And and I'd always ask, well, tell me what you know about Mitch Love. And not a knock on, on anybody, but just this is a guy who has become a really hot name in the coaching business and in the Flames coaching search without too many people knowing a ton about him and how he operates and that's something I wanted to dig in on and and I got to tell you I've always been impressed with Mitch and after interviewing seven or eight people including a handful of of Wranglers players about him I am even more convinced that this guy's star is rising as a as a coach
0: there's there's no doubt about it and and I think he will be considered for the head coaching job. Like, it does not matter who is the general manager. I think organization they're going to say we really want you to give hire is yours, but we really want to you to give Mitch Love a long look. And and this, I love the term you use. This guy's star is rising, and we want that star to continue to rise in our organization. We're the one that that you know we we hired him, we brought him in. We'd like that star to continue to rise with us. He is going to be considered for the job, and for for good reasons. So, what are like what are some of the things that you found out? What are some of the, any, anything that jumps off the page when you're talking to players who have played with them or coached, uh, been coached by him, just everybody that you've spoken to. What are some of the, the, the nuggets that popped out of you? Well, the first
2: thing that pops up in every conversation is that this guy is not a pushover. And and I know we always want to put coaches in two columns and, and that's, probably an antiquated approach you're either a player friendly coach or or you're kind of a hard ass hard driving coach mitch is very demanding and he'd be the first to tell you that himself as one of the wranglers told me he's got some old school bite to him but i think another thing that really struck me was, was everyone talks about how he communicates and and you know, Dustin Wolf put it to me this way. He said he's really strong at getting his message across. I, I I asked Walker Dewar, well, what makes him so effective as a coach? And his response was really simple. He said, I, I think it's just the way that he can connect with the individual players. I, I think that's really important stuff. Don Knockbauer is, is an assistant for the Wranglers, a guy who's been around the hockey business for a million years. and And one of the things he pointed out to me, and it didn't, fit into the story but one of the things he said is when a player is struggling typically the positional coach takes that meeting like don coaching the forwards would pull aside matthew phillips if he was struggling and do some video work with him if if Jan kuznetsov was going through a rough patch it, it would be joe sorella who would lead that session and yep. he said and i found this really interesting he said mitch wants to do a lot of that one-on-one video work with the players because he thinks that direct line of communication is really vital. And, and I thought that that was a good sort of glimpse into the perhaps new school approach that he has in some ways. And then the other thing, and and I'm sure you'd back me up on this, at least I hope so when you watch the Wranglers practice, that is an upbeat group. Yep. That is yep. a group that has really bought in. And, and so I suppose I tiptoed into this feature wondering, okay, if Mitch Love is such a demanding coach, which we hear, how is he different than Daryl Sutter? And I don't know that you're ever going to fully get the answers to that from players who are still playing for Mitch. But I just get the sense that those guys aren't on edge. When you watch the Wranglers practice, there's... uh a real upbeatness to it that I was struck by. Now, this is a team that won a pile of regular season games. This so they probably a very were going good... to be upbeat yeah, so, regardless. You know, it's not like it's not like the Flames didn't have any fun in practice under Daryl Sutter last year. But I, I just, I suppose I'm sort of struck by the atmosphere around this group and, and the way that Mitch has kind of set that culture for them.
0: So it's interesting because, first of all, what, what month were you born in? May. So you are a month or two months older than Mitch Love. I am two months, three months younger. Yeah. than Mitch Love. We're we're all 1984s, which is uh, somewhat and, somewhat alarming. That here we are, like this guy who is the same age as us should be a head coach in the NHL. Well, which is and I pretty pretty amazing.
2: I really think that Joe Pavelski is sort of showing us that our potential might not be fully tapped. Just yeah, good
0: point. You know what? There's still a lot more. I have not hit my ceiling. It's very low, but I haven't hit it yet.
2: Yeah. There's a bunch of producers right now sitting in the other room thinking, I had a 1984 car one time. <laughs> other than that, I have no idea what these old jabronis are talking about.
0: So it's very true. Um I I'm a big fan. It's funny you talk about his the the way he runs practice and just I I've seen a lot of professional practices in my day as of you. And very rarely have I seen the head coach as involved in the drills as uh, you see Mitch Love. Like, and this is whether it was Daryl Sutter or Bill Peters or Jeff Ward or whomever the head coach of the Flames has been. You know, usually it's the assistants who are kind of, you know, be in the, the moving pylons or the the moving defenders or they're the guys that you need to get the stick over, all that type of stuff, uh, rather than the puck over their stick. Like, the assistants usually do that, and the head coach is kind of surveying, not at a Wrangler's practice. Like, Mitch Love is, is right in there. Right in there. And I just remember every time they do their stretch at the end, you know, they they all gather around center like they do, and they stretch it out. He goes around smacking every single guy with with his stick. You're like, okay, that's I'm not I'm not used to that from a head coach, and that is not a criticism at all. I think it's awesome because I love the guy. The guy is dialed. He is always at an 11 out of 10. You hear him every week on on this show. He is always intense, but he does a great job of communicating through the intensity. Like he's a really good communicator and I've heard that from a lot of people who have worked with or worked for him. I like how he thinks the game. Obviously, you can't argue with his pro results. Yeah. He's um, two years in the American League and a two-time AHL coach of the year. So I think he absolutely will coach in the NHL. But now that you've done this story, I'm just interested in your perspective on this because this is not a Mitch Love thing at all. This You could name, pick out a first name and a last name, throw them together, and this could be about anybody in the same circumstance coming into a veteran NHL room and coming into a veteran NHL room that went through some turmoil and has just said goodbye to a two-time Stanley cup winning head coach with an incredible resume, but that was also very much a taskmaster and there was zero relent in the way Daryl Sutter went about his business and i the only thing i worry about is the perception and i say that not because of anything mitch love has or has not done it has nothing to do with him it has everything to do with the fact that you've got guys like kadri and huberdo and and lindholm and you know you got guys who have been in this league a long time and now all of a sudden somebody comes in without any nhl experience and this is not a knock on any of the players because I have no idea if this would be the case. I just know I've talked to enough guys in this league off the record. I've talked to enough guys about the importance of perception when it comes to a coach. That's the only thing that would worry me is that he is not taken as seriously as somebody else might be due to lack of this experience or that experience or anything like that. So again, it has nothing to do with Mitch the guy. It has nothing to do with what he's done. It could be any other person in the same scenario. That would be my biggest worry. How is he perceived by a veteran group? And is that is that something that would hamper him? Because I I know that it happened with Gully. I know that it happened with Jeff Ward. Just that the whole perception thing. And and that's as much on the players for not buying in as it is on any coach. And that like it's it's nobody's fault. It is what it is. That would be the only thing that, that concerns me about going that direction.
2: Well, it's been a concern of the Flames sort of core cast going back, I would say, even before this core cast. As you said, you know, Glenn Gullitson was a guy that they maybe took advantage of a little bit in in the sense that he hadn't had a ton of head coaching experience that he maybe didn't have the, the clout in that room. You you said the same about Jeff Ward. And and yet Bill Peters, even before he resigned, after the the uh allegations that came to light, even yep. before that, you were hearing rumblings that, well, Bill Peters is too hard on us. We're we're not loving this. And and you heard plenty of rumblings. Well, Daryl Sutter was too hard on us. And so I'm not sure what the perception needs to be in the flames locker room of the next coach that this has been, whether it's too far one side or too far the other, this has been sort of re- a recurring problem in the locker room at the saddle dome. And, and yet I guess you're looking for a guy who can sort of cut through that, who, who is going to arrive with that, Hey, you know, I'm in charge here, sort of presence to him. And, and, I don't know that there's a great way to gauge whether Mitch is going to have that. But I, I think, and and this is part of what I wrote, the risk for the flames is that you are potentially promoting a guy who has only two years of pro experience, yep. both with the the Wranglers or Stockton Heat, and then only five years of head coaching experience. He was the head coach of the Saskatoon Blades of the WHL for three seasons one of those being a very abbreviated COVID season before the jump to the Flames organization. So there's your first risk. You've you've got a guy with limited experience. I think the second risk is that you have this rising star, and if you pass him over on this go-through, I'm not sure he's still around when you need another coach. And so you're trying to... I suppose, measure one against the other. Yeah, you don't want to coach that Nazem Kadri or Jonathan Huberto is going to roll their eyes at and say, what does this guy know? You know, this, this guy's two years older than Trevor Lewis. He was just a minor league fighter. He never played in this league. What's he know? You, you don't want that to be the perception. And yet, you'd hate to roll into insert name of city and be facing a team coached by Mitch Love, yep. the guy you had in your organization, but weren't willing to give an opportunity
0: to. It's a fascinating, It's because you're right. And it, it's, it's, it's interesting. Somebody texted in as I was going through kind of my one concern about making Mitch Love head coach now. Um, what about John Cooper? What about Jared Bednar, uh, who were both. First time NHL head coaches who made the jump from the American League to the NHL and have now won, what, three Stanley Cups between them? That's the correct math. The last Um, three. The last, that's right. The last three Stanley Cups between them. Um, And so those are great examples. And I'm
2: not. Both lost in the first round this year, though. So how
0: serious can we take them? That's a good point. You know what? They should probably both be fired. (laughs) I'm not suggesting that my concern is hard and fast. I'm not even suggesting that my concern would end up affecting Mitch because that's an, and just speaking to enough people, I think he'd be the type of guy and he is, I I think that he has the ability to adjust approach and go about things so that maybe that's not as much of a worry. Or if there is a perception issue early, I think he's the type of guy that is authentic enough and, is smart enough that maybe you don't have to worry about that for very long. Like any, any perception issue could go away really quickly. I think there is that potential with a guy like Mitch, just because of the way he goes about his business. There is, there is, um, he carries himself a very certain way and it's a very confident way that he carries himself. And that's a good thing. Like not, not overconfidence. There's just he's confident in the way he coaches. He's confident in his teams. He's co- even talking to him on Tuesday about going into a do or die your season on the line game four against Coachella Valley on Wednesday night. No lack of confidence. And so I do think if that perception issue were to exist, and maybe it, maybe it's not even a thing, but if it were to exist, I do think he's got a chance of of turning it into a non-issue in a very in very short order.
2: I, I'm probably going to be speaking a little bit out of my you-know-what here because I, I don't have a great memory of exactly how it unfolded and turned around, but remember that there were rumblings that Jared Bednar was not going to get a second season with the
0: Colorado oh, Avalanche. Was, there was a lot of talk about, oh boy, are they going to fire Jared Bedner He was on the ice, right? And Joe Sackick. And I don't think it was ever Sackick. From my understanding, it was kind of like, External out maybe ahead uh, above Joe like sure. like mean, this guy didn't. We're the Avalanche. We don't have seasons like this. Yeah, like we we've already won our two cups. Like we're the Colorado Avalanche. This doesn't fly. And I think I think Joe went to bat for his guy. It was like, no, this is my guy. Trust me. Give him another year. They were in the playoffs the next year.
2: And so you have to expect some growing pains. And yet I guess you have to be willing. If you think that he is the next big name in the coaching business, you have to be willing to ride through some of that, and you have to give him a chance to work through those perception issues because they'll be there even just based on his age. I believe the youngest coach in the NHL right now is 42. Mitch Love won't be 42 for several years. 38. Yep. I might not be forty-two ever is the way I'm trying to look at it yeah. now that oh. now that I now it's that, I, now that I'm I'm fully on the countdown to forty, and so I think there's definitely that risk there, but the risk that perhaps outweighs it is what if another team calls and says, "Hey, we're willing to give this guy the chance,"
0: yeah,
2: and. Who knows? Maybe maybe it works out and, and maybe it doesn't. But in much the same way that we talk about whether you had to give Matthew Phillips a legit chance before he was potentially a free agent, well, I'm not sure that you want to wait to find out elsewhere whether this guy is the rising star that a lot of people think he can be.
0: Yeah, and and that is, the I think, the biggest dilemma. And it reminds me kinda of where they were or where they may still be with Huska, um, in that they kind they they brought him in from the Western League to coach Adirondack and did a great job in the American League and got the promotion to being an assistant on Bill Peters staff and and then Daryl Sutter Jeff Ward staff and Daryl Sutter staff. Um, and now he's five years into being an NHL assistant. I wonder if could could you step it that way, where you bump Mitch kind of like what they did with Kale McLean, who was AHL AHL coach, took over from Huska. Now McLean's an assistant on this Flame staff. Could they do something similar with Mitch Love if they're not quite ready to make him the head coach?
2: Let me let me ask you this, mm. a- and this is unfair because a I I drove to the station thinking about it, so I've I've had some time to ponder yeah. it and b i'm going to take the most obvious answer away from you right K, away okay beyond rod brindmore who is the best example that that stepped approach is more effective than just bringing a head oh, coach boy. up from the minors
0: i don't even know if i can think one off the top of my head because uh Marty Saint-Louis went right from... Yeah,
2: that's another that's, story altogether. Not, that's like you becoming the next head coach.
0: Well, I have considerably less NHL games. Oh, I just mean that does. you
2: parlay Francais.
0: Oh, that's... He, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Sorry, did I, I did I not make that clear?
0: Like maybe Luke Richardson in Chicago? Yeah,
2: it could be Craig Berube, who was a guy...
0: Yeah, Beru, in Berube, Ian Way. yeah.
2: In St. Louis, obviously won a Stanley Cup, so he's had success. But
0: the, I, uh, the other guy, Everson, yes. Now, that would be the one that comes to my mind right away because he was. Now was he in a he was an assistant elsewhere? He'd been in Washington for sure. Let me take a take a, take a look at Dean here. So, uh, so that's
2: a. There are examples. I'm not saying Rod Brindamore is the only guy to ever. Start out as a member of a staff, become the top guy and, and really succeed at it. But when you start to go through the examples and you say, okay, over here we've got John Cooper who went from AHL head coach to NHL head coach, and we've got Jared Bedner and we've got Sheldon Keefe and and we've got Jay Woodcroft. You know, these guys have just come up as head coaches. Yeah. I'm not sure it's any easier to make the jump from assistant coach to head coach. Than it is to make the jump from the AHL to the NHL. No,
0: and I, I think there is something to that. And I was uh, talking to a uh, very um, unkempt former member of our staff, um, and we were just talking about this on text a, a little while ago, uh, and we were just talking about okay, well, who would be a good next head coach? And and you know, Huska is the guy that I keep going back to. I really, I appreciate all of what Huska has done up to this point. He is, he's is he been a winner in the Western League as a player. He's been a winner in the Western League as a coach. He's been a very as a head coach. He's been a very successful American League head coach, and now has five years of being an NHL assistant under his belt. He's well-respected. He communicates well. He has paid his dues. And so I think to myself, yeah, Huska would be a great choice to replace Daryl. But, as this human being uh, suggested, how often does the internal hire work? Mm-hmm. And how often does the, especially the internal hire inside the same organization, more often than not, it doesn't work? You're like, it's tough to argue that. I mean, it, the, they just did it, and it didn't work. The guy got fired 30 games in, or whatever it was, uh, 36 games into his first full season as a full-time head coach and and we're talking about Jeff Ward so they just did the internal hire that didn't work out
2: yeah and more often than not that that is sort of a a mid season replacement and so it can be tough to compare to what it would be like to give somebody the job in the summer you know you can look at Dave Lowry in Winnipeg last year didn't work out Everyone except the Florida Panthers thought Andrew Brunette was working out, but they disagreed, and now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, so maybe they were on to something. It, it's tough to compare that to a change in the summer, but you wonder if part of what makes Ryan Huska such a great professional, and I'd say the same about Kirk Muller, is, is his voice has been one with Daryl Sutter's voice. And if this team needed a new voice... I wonder if Ryan Huska, after two plus seasons uh, of helping pass on the message from Daryl Sutter, I wonder if he can be that different voice.
0: Right, which is fair. Lots of texts, lots of texts. Let's read some. At 960, 960. This says, unkempt poor Ryan Pinder. Uh, cannot confirm nor deny that's who I was talking to. Can confirm. Um, this says, uh, the difference is all those guys played in the league, so they get a different level of respect than a guy who was an assistant who moves to head coach with the same team, talking about Huska. Yes, Ryan did not uh, play NHL hockey. He was very successful in the Western League, a Memorial Cup champion as a player, and um, played uh, AHL. That's not true. He one played game, one NHL yeah. game. Um, one more than most of us. One more than you and I combined. And the same sure. amount as Brent Cron. Uh but played lots of American League, played lots of, of the the next because le- he was IHL and AHL, which yeah. were both kind of the next level in North America before the NHL, w- before he jumped to uh returning to was the was on those
2: League. loaded, loaded, loaded teams in Kamloops.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they had they had some pretty decent teams. Yeah, they were right? fine. I think there was a couple uh there was a couple former flames on those teams. Maybe future captain, maybe future AGM uh shane doan nope nope different guy okay
2: i'll have to check the roster
0: this is sick cron drive-by <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was that was below the belt
0: it's all i've got when it comes to him i can't actually compliment him uh my ideal hires are mitch love head coach craig conroy's gm this says why isn't kirk muller's name coming up as a coach i think it is um, and like that guy played more than 13 NHL games. He's a Stanley cup champion as a player. Uh, he's been a head coach before in Carolina. It's been, you know, the interesting thing about Kirk is that I'm a big Muller fan as a dude. I really like Kirk Muller as a guy and, and it's just awesome to deal with. Yeah, me too. But what I, what really would or would really intrigue me about him is is the fact that it's his second head coaching job in the NHL. And I'm always interested in that guy who gets the second chance and what he does with it and what he's learned from that first opportunity because he had to go back and be an associate and assistant. And if he were to get a head coaching job again, um, I'm always interested to see what what that second job is like and, and how much more effective a guy might be in that second go around. So I think, and, and his name is definitely brought up, has been brought up in. Any article you read about who the next head coach would be, uh, Kirk's name is always in the mix.
2: I I think those who have maybe written him out of the mix are are those who will point out that the power play stunk this year. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that those power play struggles would take Kirk Muller out of the equation. I, I absolutely believe that he's on that list of internal candidates. I'm not sure that he hasn't been leapfrogged by the other two, but I do believe he's on the list.
0: This reads, if you think Mitch loves a future head coach of this team, you bring him up and make him the head coach. Um, Way too hard hard to transition from NHL assistant to head coach on the same NHL team. This reads, age shouldn't be a factor. When he's ready, he's ready. Look at the youth movement in NFL coaches. How old was McVay when he started and he won a Super Bowl at the age of 35? Uh, Joe and Copperfield says, for every Cooper in Bednar, there's a Keefe or Aikens. I think Sheldon Keefe, that's a really unfair comparison. Sheldon Keefe's a hell of a head coach. I know they have not won a Stanley Cup under him. They've been a 100-point team annually for like half a decade. I don't think Sheldon Keefe is as much of a problem as as people suggest he is. That is a damn good head coach. And if he were to be the next head coach of the Flames, they'd be in good shape.
2: Well, and and pick pick your road, and then you can point out those examples, right? For every Marty St. Louis, there's a million guys who played in the league that couldn't become a head coach and be immediate success stories. Yeah. Okay, like pick your path up. I want a guy who coached in the AHL for 15 years. I want a guy who was an an assistant in the NHL for a decade. I want, I want this. There's going to be guys who worked and guys who did. not You can cherry pick your sort of coaching results as you see fit, but Bednar, Cooper, and I would say both Keefe and Woodcroft Woodcroft, I'm sorry, are good examples of guys who came straight up from the AHL and have certainly commanded the respect in their room
0: and had, Admirable results. Chris in Calgary, how do you know Mitch Love can't be an NHL head coach if you don't give him the opportunity to gain that experience? I think veteran players need to suck it up, and if he's their boss, they need to listen to him. Also, I don't want to hear any boo-hoo whining if he's too hard on them. Make them earn their money, but I wouldn't mind seeing Love as the new head coach. Uh, This from Sean near uh, Milo Alberta, who on the Flames roster has Love coached. Could they bolster the room while well, Pelche potentially Phillips uh who else? Dewer. Gilbert doer. Those would be the four off the top of my head. And then um, Coronado in some of the uh, summer development camps, Zeri, if he makes the team uh, those. So there's, there's definitely God and Dustin Wolf. Uh, if he, if he makes the team, which will be a big time storyline in September as well. And, and let's just point
2: this part out and, I'm looking at sort of John Cooper's roadmap and and he was a guy who came up mid season or, or kind of towards the end of a season. But what they did was they gave him an associate coach who had been around for a million years in Rick bonus. Rick bonus. Yeah. And so if you choose to promote Mitch love, you'd be trying to follow a very similar recipe here, whether it's Kirk Muller, or a guy who has a ton of head coaching experience. You know, I, I, I'm I not suggesting Mark Crawford, but we saw him take an associate job as, as sort of that veteran mentor to a younger coach. You'd be looking at a very similar situation here. You're not throwing Mitch Love in with his assistants from the minors and saying, hey, boys, here's our new staff freshly up from the Wranglers. You're certainly going to insulate right. him if you choose to promote him with some guys who've been around.
0: And it's funny, uh, the team that John Cooper was coaching before he got the midseason bump was Syracuse. Uh, that team had Tyler Johnson on it, Brett Connolly on it, Andre Palat on it, and Alex Kalorn on it, who all would become pretty important parts of the Tampa Bay Lightning going forward, especially Johnson, Palat. And um, and Kaloran as they started to ascend and climb the mountain of being the team that we uh, have gotten used to them being here over the last little bit. Couple more texts at nine sixty nine sixty. Um, this says Huska terrifies me because it feels like Jim Playfair all over again. Love to a lesser extent, but following Sutter's not easy. The Flames have gone polar opposite every time they switch clo- coaches. Have they ever found a good middle ground like Love? Maybe not a soft coach, but certainly not a player's coach. Um, This says, a Conroy love combo is very intriguing to me. Perhaps this would entice more young players to stick around Calgary. Um, So that's uh, from Jeff. And this reads, is Mitch Love the second best prospect in the organization only behind Dustin Wolf? He's He's a pretty big prospect in the organization. There's no doubt about it. You know what? This last half hour that we've talked about it, I'd be okay if they did it. As fir- I, It's the first time that I've truly been convinced. Reading the text line, good job. Talking to you. Yeah. I uh, I think I'm fully on board if they were to go down that road. Yeah, I and I, I worry. I even talked myself into it during this segment that any of those perception worries, I think he's the type of guy that you don't have to worry about it as much. I think that he is the type of guy that can adjust, relate, I'm on the Mitch Love train. Yeah, I, it's not like I you wasn't know, before, but now I, uh, now I think I I am fully on board that train.
2: I don't see a shameless plug here on the script, but I'll uh, tweet out a link to yesterday's feature for those who missed it. It's on the post media sites. Some really interesting insights from Dustin Wolf, from the Saskatoon Blades general manager, from a bunch of people who have worked with Mitch Love along the way. So. If you're trying to decide how you feel about Mitch Love as the next coach of the Calgary Flames, there's lots to chew on, I think, there.
0: Uh, That's our look inside hockey for Calgary Co-op with new product families, member rewards, and sale events. You'll find more quality, more savings in every department, every day at Calgary Co-op. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Anything and everything Calgary Flames. It's all on Flames Talk Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson along with you on this Wednesday edition of the program. Just a quick GM update. First thing that they need to get figured out here. We just talked ad nauseum about Mitch Love and his potential candidacy as head coach of the Flames. But GM's got to be in place first. So here's where I believe we are. I believe the, like, last week was the real grind session where they uh, were grinding through kind of initial interviews. So I, they hit interviews hard last week. Um, so I, I believe both Craig Conroy and Brad Pascal had interviews last week. Um, yes. And I believe that like, I, depending on who I've spoken to, like a range of between 25 to 40 is the number I've heard in terms of how many different people they spoke to on top of the internal guys in terms of video conferencing. I don't know if they use Zoom. Like, we're a, we're a Microsoft Teams company, so we'll say they use Microsoft Teams to uh, do their video conferencing. It's impressive plug. Well, you've seen the commercial with Taylor Hall and Elliot and Jeff? Yeah, that's true. So we're a Microsoft Teams company. But yeah, I think... I don't know if it was as high, like the highest number I heard was in the forties and the lowest number I heard was like about mid twenties. So suffice to say they've, they they cast a very large initial net and now I believe they're into second interviews and really whittling it down like shortlist time. I think they're flying guys in this week and I think they're doing second interviews this week. Um, So I think they have whittled things down uh, a whole lot more. I, I believe Craig Conroy is still a very strong candidate for the job, um, and and to get that promotion, um, I've kind of that that's that's something that that has been told to me a few times. That no, Conroy is a very remains a very strong candidate as they move into shortlist territory. So that's that's kind of where I am when it comes to the GM search. That's the latest that um, I'm I'm able to pass forward. Kind of jive with some of the same things that that you're hearing right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and especially on the subject of Craig Conroy, I, I think I've been asked many times, well, why didn't they just give him the job right away? Do you think the fact that the process is still ongoing is bad for Craig Conroy? Does that mean they've decided that it should be somebody else? And, and no, I don't think that's the case. I'm I'm certainly not here declaring that it's going to be Craig Conroy, but. I think he's he is getting a, a very serious look.
0: Yeah, that's a, I, I think that he is, uh, I, I think it's probably safe to say that he'd be a shortlist guy uh, with with a number of others. So I think Conroy, who's kind of the, the fan favorite in this city yeah. for good reason, uh, I think he remains a very strong candidate for the gig.
2: And, and yet I think a lot of fans, and I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but I, I think a lot of fans should feel good about the fact that they've cast this net as wide as they have yep. Yeah, Yes. They've been grooming Craig Conroy for the role. Yes. Craig Conroy has paid his dues. Yes. I could come up with a long list of reasons that Craig Conroy perhaps should be the next general manager of the flames. And, and yet I think Don Maloney is doing the right thing by finding out exactly who's up there by you know, I, I'm sure the name that always pops up, and it's funny. I said in the last segment, you know, a lot of people don't know a ton about Mitch Love. Well, not a lot of people know much about the magic of Eric Tulski and what he's brought to Carolina's front office. He he is in the mix. We keep hearing for all these GM jobs, but if you're Don Maloney, you want to have that conversation. You want to yeah. find out. You want to find out what he's all about. You want to find out what the interest level is in certain candidates and you want to take the free advice I don't think and, I, I, and I've spelled this out on the show before I don't think the Flames should necessarily be going down a road where they have to be asking the NHL for permission to reinstate Stan Bowman and yet Stan Bowman was a GM for a long time in the NHL so why not take his free advice Phone and ask what he thinks is wrong with your team. Yep. Phone and ask how he thinks you can help your team. You're you're not bending the rules as a team with a GM opening to ask as many people as possible what they think the map to success looks like. Yep. Find out what Mark Hunter thinks of that. Find out what insert name here thinks of that. And go from there.
0: Well, and I also think because I, I I know that the Monday that Tree walked away and, and that got announced, there was a lot, why are they just putting Conroy in right now? And the more I think about it, the more I think that if they do end up going with Conroy, this just bolsters him that much more in terms of internally within the organization so that nobody can be like, Wow. Well, They just gave it to him because he was in the organization. No, they, 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 this took, like, if, if it ends up getting, if they, they announce it mid next week, say, like we're talking about six weeks or so that this search went on. And so I think it bolsters his case in terms of his authority and just the, the overall kind of, no, this is his gig. I don't know if there's any questions or, or helps remove any questions if he ends up getting the job and I think externally as well, even people on the outside who are like, well, no, he's only getting it because he was, he was there. Well, this, this is, and everything that I'm led to believe is that it hasn't just been, Hey, how you doing? Okay. We'll take down your name. Like these, video conferencing interviews have been pretty in depth themselves right now starting to hone in on a short list and doing second interviews
2: just to follow up on what you said I also think it, it helps Craig Conroy's case and you would say the same about Brad Pascal that Don Maloney is the one making the decision because you've sort of been presenting your resume to Don Maloney for the past seven seasons you've been in all those hockey ops meetings together when the when the Flames, to use an example, got down to the nitty-gritty on negotiations to trade for Jack Eichel, Don Maloney knows exactly what Craig Conroy was saying in that room. He knows exactly what yep. Brad Paschal was saying in that room. And that can just help him. I talked about how hard it is to know what Eric Tulski brings to the table in Carolina. Well, it's really hard to judge an AGM because they're just judged by the GM's decisions. Don Maloney has really good insight into the strengths, weaknesses, what so-and-so likes in a player, et cetera, et cetera, for those internal candidates.
0: Uh, Here's a little bit more from Elliot Friedman on Wednesday's 32 Thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick, available wherever you get your podcasts right now. Here's a little bit more from Elliot Friedman. Here's uh, what he had to say earlier on Wednesday about the Flames GM search on 32 Thoughts.
1: I think Craig Conroy and Brad Pascal have been interviewed and are contenders for the Calgary job. As I said in the last pod, I was told not to shy away from internal candidates possibly getting it. I also think there's some external candidates You know, Mark Hunter is a name that uh, I have mentioned, and I had heard that initially he declined to interview or he was not available, and now I've heard that might be changing. So we'll see where that goes. But the other name I've heard there is Dave Nonis, the former Vancouver and Toronto GM. I have heard is in the mix there. And Brandon Pritham's name was reported. I just don't know where that stands right now. And I'm sure there are others. I always assume there are people I am not figuring out, but those are the names I've heard so far.
0: So that's Elliot on the latest 32 thoughts. The problem with this is like, we've probably now heard... I don't know, 10 or so external names that have been linked, whether it be now Dave Nonis or Stan Bowman or Brandon Pridham. Uh we knew about Mark Hunter. Mike Fuda's name has been in the conversation. Like we've heard a number of names, and I think there are probably more. Well, I know I know that they have talked to more than just that. Like they've talked to a lot of people, but that's the initial net casting. And now you take all then you take it and you whittle it down to four or five and you go from there. And that's why I think we're definitely in the pocket. It's going to be before the end of the month. And, you know, we're probably within two weeks or so of hearing an announcement. Uh, I know Franchise said on the big show Wednesday morning, he expects it next week. Uh, seems like a reasonable timeline to me. You've got a long weekend to make your final decisions, even though Flamestock will be uh, will be with you on Monday. Um, we're, we're working on a long weekend.
2: Look at you just banking the overtime hours.
0: When am I ever gonna use it? I can never use it all. It's just my boss cracking the whip. Um, but yeah, I, I next week, early the week after is is probably the latest that we get news on this.
2: Yeah, and I think what you're gonna hear soon is a lot more concrete rumors. So and so was shortlisted. So so and so might be a finalist. Here here's who just landed in Calgary for a second interview.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, wanted to talk about Mackenzie Uygur. We'll save that until Thursday, show. Yeah,
2: let's do that tomorrow.
0: Because uh, his story, his, his star continues to rise in a Maple Leaf. How about two more points as Canada blanks Kazakhstan 6 0 at the World Championship on Wednesday? So he's up to eight points in four games. Milan Lucic, another assist, and uh, Matt Coronado had an assist for Team USA. They improved to 4 0 with a 4 1 win over Austria. So both teams with Flames content on it have yet to lose uh eight wins combined zero losses combined for team canada and team usa
2: just before hockey fans from kazakhstan light up the text line are you sure it was six nothing i thought they got one
0: maybe it was six one i don't know you
2: know what thank you cam
0: what was it six one i
2: i just know the one part
0: i'm just gonna quickly check
2: i'm just the fact checker check oh, no, i know you
0: know what I I took Kazakhstan's one goal away and gave it to Canada. It was 5-1, not
2: 6-0. You know, honestly, it makes me wonder what else you're lying about.
0: The good things I say about you, without question. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Mathwiz over here and Wes. That'll wrap things up this hour on Flames Talk. Uh, thanks for being with us. And uh, we are back with uh, two hours of content for you on Thursday, just the one hour on this Wednesday. But this hour has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a key-to-like system, just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.